Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts. G'day, Terry. How are you going? Hey, Andrew. Very well, thank you, as usual. Mate, great to have you back. And uh, how's everything going for you down in Sydney? Having a good week? Yeah, no, so far I have a good week. Uh, the market volatility is actually throwing up opportunities. So therefore, it's, it's actually a really busy time uh, of this period and uh, lapping it up with all the, the headlines driving prices down, therefore being able to get, uh, get a lot of things that are cheap. Oh, mate, it's, it's, um, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. And the reason why we wanted to do this podcast, I was having a conversation with Terry just last week and we were talking about um, the, the markets and, and last week the, uh, the market fell out and there was an amazing opportunities being presented, Terry. There's a lot of negativity in the media, which, which I want to talk about as well today, if that's okay. Sure. sure. Um, and we just decided to, to do a podcast and talk about this. And, and Terry had a very clever way of relating it to investing being just like planting. But before we dive into it, Terry, mm-hmm. case this is the first time a farmer has, has heard from you, can you maybe just share uh, briefly your background? And, and what you do? Sure. Uh, my background is, um, this is actually my 40th year in Australia. So it's my anniversary in Australia. Um, migrated back in the late 70s um, and uh, post-Vietnam, I guess, Vietnam War child. And we're lucky enough to land in this, country, this beautiful country. Um, in actual fact, we, we got saved by, by a cargo ship and uh, they took us to an um, immigration camp uh, off the coast of Malaysia. And Australia was the first country that put up their hands and took our family in. So therefore, um, I understand all the, uh, the the financial difficulties because I've seen it firsthand. How my mum, a single mum, that struggled financially, and that was sort of my driving force towards creating financial freedom for myself. Mm. But at the same time, now that's planted the seed for myself now to want to actually help the Australian public that are you know financially struggling. And I know a lot of farmers where you know they uh, all they have is the farm and everything must go well to the farm. But as we are all aware. With farming, things can change with the weather, drought, which I know a lot of farms are suffering from, and uh, sometimes even flooding, over rain. So what I'm trying to do is now help help farmers in particular to have them be able to create something outside the farm and therefore be able to be okay with their family financially no matter what happens on the farm. So it's diversifying away from the farm. Farm is the cash flow, and I know, Andrew, you and uh, Greg do an excellent job on helping farmers create that that farm to become a, a profitable farm. And then my, I guess my role is to come in and, you know, what do you do with the profits now? Let's take a, take a, a chunk of that and start creating a portfolio outside the farm. Oh, and, and you do it extremely well, Terry. And um, just to be upfront, I, I'm a client of Terry's. I, I'm a member of a program that Terry runs called the Freedom Trader where Terry will, will teach um, everyday people like myself that, that have never had experience in investing and, and it's a proven system to learn uh, really how to value stocks, buy stocks, mm. and, and figure it out, and 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 um, not just rely on others to make the money for you. That's been one of the biggest things for me. It's just the power that you you get from knowing that you know, I'm in control of my money, and and uh, yeah. I don't have to worry about people taking fees. And and Terry, it's uh, it's such a fantastic program, and I know. Uh, We'll put a webinar below this. Terry will be running a complimentary online training um, regularly 
uh, for for you. So you can you can check out the link below uh, and and come along and have a listen to Terry's theories. But we're not going to focus on the theories as much today, Terry. I want to talk about this concept: investing is just like planting. Can you can you tell me elaborate a bit on that, please? Yeah, I mean, there's this term that you know uh, what down the track or even now, you know, what you, you know, sitting under a, a, a shady tree today is because some, of course, planted a, a tree years ago, right? And that germinated from a seed. And investing is exactly the same thing because, you know, people want to, you know, as time goes by, people go, oh, no, I can wait, I can wait. They procrastinate. But what what is the most powerful thing, in, especially investing and trading, is that it's comp- the word compounding. Mm-hmm. And compounding, of course, takes time. And compounding allows you to not, therefore, not take a risk because the more time you have, the more, the more relaxed you can be to not take on board the risk as, as you get older and older. And, you know, time, you know, we all suffer from time in terms of, you know, we get older, but uh, it's very important that no matter where you are now, you, you basically start no matter how small and then start planting the, planting the seed of, of investment capital and letting that grow. So I see that very complementary to just like farming. You know, of course, we all, as farming, you plant the seed and there's always a season for planting. There's a season for harvesting and exactly the same as, as investing. And now, you know, this is a, a great topic because this last week and this week, the volatility of the market is throwing up the opportunities and this is the time for planting. And then down, you know, maybe a couple of months down track, the, the, the time for, for harvesting what we plant today. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I think this is so related to farming and, and farmers, farmers understand this, that, um, it, there's such a patience game, and and it, and and let's just talk about this this concept of timing. These these ways of time that I believe you refer to it as, Terry. Can you elaborate on that even more? So, yeah. So I mean, um, depending on even like in farming, right? There's obviously certain crops that grow at a certain time in the year, mm-hmm. and you need to plant at this point in time because if you miss that 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 timing, then literally that's it. You you, you miss that season. So mm-hmm. same as investing. Of course, in, in within investing, it's not not exactly as a precise science like farming where, you know, at this month in this point in time of this year, you must plant. And then at another month, you, you sort of harvest the, you know, the crops that you grow in investing. Uh, the, the, the planting season really happens because of headlines. So, so news headlines, like when, um, you know, the, the, the trade war that's happening with uh, Chinese and, and us, and that's been going on for about a year now. And then other times when there's Brexit, for example, and that's going on for three years. But those things happen and they, they throw out these news headlines. And despite the, I guess, the challenges of that time, I see that on as a contrarian investor that I actually don't mind those type of headlines because that drives down prices. And, and we generally want to come in and buy things on basically on sale. So, I mean, if I relate that to farming, it's just like crops as well as maybe, you know, herds of cattle if you're, if you're in, the, in the cattle game. When things are on sale, you generally want to buy more of it because you know that they're valuable and they they can be sold down a track, right? So exactly like 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 investing in stocks, things go on sale when there's 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 news headlines, and if you sort of miss it, or you or you fear those headlines, then you'll miss it and you'll see it reverse. The prices reverse back up because in time everything does because everything um, does have value, just like stocks. So we are literally buying the best companies on the planet. At a cheap price, yeah, and 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 also Terry, um, I'm in your program, and and really the last let's say what four or five months, yeah, there's been little to do, correct? There's just been there hasn't been a, a big drops in the market like we've just experienced. There's, there's might yes. have been a little bit of activity, but really there's that that concept of of holding patiently. 
um, and waiting for an occasion like this, which doesn't happen all the time, mm. um, but 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 it happens. Mm. And, and well, well, there's two things that I want to just just ask about this actually. And number one, why was the market, if you like, not really doing much over the last five months? And number two, what was the what's been the cause of mm. you know why is the market all of a sudden? dropped um in the in uh, recently you know what's 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 causing this right um basically when i talk about headlines the, a couple of economic factors that are, that are happening one is that the, the markets in actual fact have been going up and up and up and uh we participate in that but about a month ago i actually said to our students you know it's time to reap the rewards now in other words yeah. let's start harvesting don't Got you. get too greedy because things are overpriced and they can only go so high and for those who are running out of cash, start harvesting and, and bring back the cash back home because cash is king in times right. of crisis. Therefore, we, things that are overvalued now, uh, we, we, we saw that. And slowly over time, a lot of our clients uh, began starting to harvest or bring back the cash, sell out, lock in their yep. profits. And a lot of our clients or our students had between 50 to, to almost uh, 80% in cash, which is awesome. Yes. And yes. even ourselves, we had about 72% in cash ready yes. to go. So we were, we've been waiting for this period for about three or four weeks. And, and at times when I, when I go into our, our student, um, the inner circle podcast that I, that I run, uh, and I felt like a broken record that I was just saying, look, guys, I, the, the market's is holding steady. Nothing's happening. Really, then there's no news headlines. Mm-hmm. And everything that's been built in is just been good news. And just all it takes now is a little bit of bad news for the market to plummet. And that's what actually happened. Ah. So really, the, the market prices in great news. And if it gets into euphoria and everyone thinks, um, I guess, complacency, people get too comfortable with a certain level. They think that everything's hunky-dory. Uh, it will continue on. But of course, nothing continues on like a, you know, um, like basically like the escalator. It will go up continually. And there will be a certain point that, you know, enough's enough. A lot of fund managers start selling out like us. But because they start selling in waves, they control, they literally do control the market. So when there's too much selling, in other words, too much supply but no demand, that's when the market drops. I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? And and really, um, before I did your course, Terry, I would have seen the markets drop and immediately I would have got a feeling that, oh, wow, we're about to have a recession here. Right. Right. And, and that would have brought on an element of fear. Yeah. But definitely wouldn't have triggered Ooh, there's an opportunity to buy here, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and why do you think that the masses um, experience, if you like, that fear when they see that when they see a drop, they might be thinking, "Oh, here we go, big recession, yeah. depression, or whatever." Yeah, because I, I think it's, it's because of the, that lack of knowledge. Because a lot of the, the 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 fear is is really because they have no idea what's actually happening. All they're seeing is news headlines on the newspapers at news when I turn on the news. Uh, and even like last night, you know, sensational headline on Wall Street Journal said 800-point drop, drop biggest for the year. On a percentage basis, though, it's not really not the biggest percent for the year. It's 800 points, but it, it sounds big because it creates the headlines so people can read newspapers. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the unknowledgeable will read it and go, oh, my God. And because they have no idea about valuations, about uh, the actual stock market, then they get into that, that panic mode. But as a... I guess an educated investor, what you'll you'll find is that you'll you'll see it more of an opportunity because first you've already done the research, you know what stocks or what companies you want, and they're not stocks. I always say, you know, there's a mindset shift. We are not buying stocks. We are buying listed companies that have a great business that are all they're doing is just being listed on an exchange. 
And if you're comfortable and you've done the research and you want to buy these, these businesses that produce great profits every year, year in, year out, despite recessions, then you're finding an opportunity to finally get into and buy these companies at a great price. So just like a farm, I mean, if you were to buy a piece of land next door and you want to expand your farm, you wouldn't buy it overpriced. You wait for, you know, the a opportunity to happen when, say, someone is desperate selling their farm or selling their farmland, and you'll go in and buy that farmland. Exactly the same thing. So all we are doing is waiting for that opportunity to buy great companies at the right price. So if you know what some something's worth, then when there's a drop, we actually get excited. We don't get scared. Well, this is really, isn't it, this Warren Buffett, quote of of when everyone's being greedy watch out be fearful yes. and and when there's fear in the marketplace that's the time to, to be greedy right exactly up. And, it, and it's a perfect example at the moment mm. fear, and you're saying get excited correct which is, the, which is the opposite to what i once was i would have been quite fearful it's just a different way to look at it and you're absolutely right i i think the big point to, to make here is when you see the markets drop like this, there's often big opportunities around um, yes. to, to be, as you said, to be buying good quality stocks underpriced. Yeah. Correct. What are we, what are you, I mean, just that, that makes sense to me. It makes sense to you. What does that mean though for our listeners? Um, how do you, how do you, how do you, can you value a stock mm. and how do you know a stock's undervalued? Oh, easily. Um, you, you definitely can value a stock. Uh, stocks in the end, uh, they're driven by obviously, obviously uh, profitability of the company, cash flows. So there's a couple of methods that we uh, that you can use, but we use what they call the equity multiple model. Uh, model. So all we are looking at is uh, three or five years, their five year, last five years worth of, I guess, financial data. Has the company been profitable year in year out? Uh, the 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 returns they're getting in terms of the the profitability the company is making. And from that, we, we've actually, even in our program, we've built in a, a formulated a calculator where you just plot those numbers down and it will give you a rough guide. So an example, um, uh, this is an example that, I, that I, I believe, Andrew, you've probably heard of before where I compare three car companies. Mm-hmm. So the, the one car company is the Tesla, which is the, the future of the world, um, I guess, in terms of electric cars. Their price, uh, they were once priced at $50 billion for the entire company. But then there's also two other car companies, which is GM, General Motors, as well as Ford. And they were priced ex- actually exactly the same price. So for a $50 billion price tag, if, you, if someone actually had that much money, you could literally buy the entire Tesla. You could either buy the entire General Motors and you could probably buy, uh, you can also buy Ford, but with a $5 billion change as well. Because I think Ford was only valued at $45 billion. Okay. However, that's just a price tag. But if you look on the, the numbers-wise, by utilizing just, say, something as simple as like the, 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 the PE ratio, you know, price to earnings, which a lot of people use. And for that, price, for that price, though, what do you actually get out of the, the three companies? One is Tesla, which, loses, which has been losing over a billion dollars a year. So you invest 50 billion, and yet you lose a billion a year, and you have no foreseeable future of – you have no idea when the, next, when the actual profit may arise. They're saying it might arise five years later. But that's a punt. That's that's a it's a it's a gamble. Whereas General Motors, the moment you invest fifty billion dollars, you're, you're getting a five and a half billion dollar return hmm. year in year out, and it will grow. So you're getting almost ten percent yield straight away. And Ford uh, was providing about three and a half billion. So on one hand, you pay fifty billion with Tesla, you lose a billion a year, and you'll lose a billion or maybe two billion the next year, and you have no idea if uh, when you'll be profitable. Whereas in GM and Ford's case. From the moment you invest, you already know that you're getting a return. So that's from a valuation point of view that you could see that one is overvalued 
It's just based on headlines of the future. It's a, it's a gamble. And the other two are priced accordingly. So, yes, yeah. you, you could actually, yeah. And it. how many people without understanding investing, hmm. definitely once upon a time myself and very much still learning as well, by the way, Terry, but um, would have been pulled into the hype around, as you said, Tesla, because you think, oh, those old companies are gone. Mm. You know, Tesla's this new upcoming business and, and, and you think, what a great investment. I mean, if I'm going to put my money somewhere, I prefer to put it into that, right? And, and that's the media can create that, correct? Correct. And, 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 a, and a naivety in, mm. in, in knowing where to put your money. And, and I, I'm just so grateful that, that you, you teach this theory, mm. um, Terry, because so, so many of us uh, just don't, don't understand these things. Yeah. And, and not only that, we listen to a journalist that writes an article in a paper that could be a 21-year-old, you know, graduate from uni that's got minimal experience in, in investing. They don't, they don't really understand it themselves. They, they just want to sell the, sell the news, right? Mm, correct. And, and yeah. you know, Andrew, uh, just following up on what I just said earlier, if you recall a year earlier, I was on your stage, on your platform in the, the, uh, the Farm Owners Academy, right? Yeah. And I was exactly, I was giving that, that example at that point. And that point, I think Tesla was worth about $300 per share. And I said, you know, would you choose Tesla over GM, which was worth much, which was price range uh, was much lower. And uh, interesting fact, after now it's a year later, after I spoke and uh, we taught, you know, I think it was almost a hundred and something farmers um, on stage. And after we spoke, this whole year has now proven that now in actual fact, what Tesla's happened in that year is Tesla's dropped by about 30%. It's now a $200 stock, yet GM's gone up by 20%. Funny. So, so the, the numbers don't lie. The numbers are there. It's yeah. whether you, you, you're, you take the time out and educate it to look at the numbers and know what you're doing so you don't get pulled into or sucked into these uh, so-called hype type companies and, uh, and start losing money from day one. Mm. Terry, um, talking about this, this waves, the timing and, and sure. the patience that we have to have for the timing, I mean, you can also, I don't know if you could share an example of mm. – an amazing return you've had in one year, sure, and a terrible return you've had in one year, sure. But when you average it out, it's it's been a consistent, you know, done really well, right? Because that that's the other thing, correct? Like there can be extraordinary years and 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 average years, and and oh yeah, it's the patience of the 10, 20 years. But can you just talk a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest best examples I'll probably give you is during, um, and people will remember this, the the, the global financial crisis, the GFC, back you know, over 10 years ago now, back in 07, 08. So terrible year was during the GFC, we actually saw it coming. So we sold out a bunch of our stocks. We held about 60% in cash, 65% in cash. So we had a lot of cash and literally there was nothing to do for a whole year. Our portfolios went down by about, by about six, 7%. So we were negative six or 7%. But then uh, I went on holidays because there was no opportunities. Everything was actually on sale, but there was a lot of fear in the markets. So we were waiting to, a time to finally plant that, that 65% cash back into the markets. And when did that time come? It came almost about 12 months later when finally things stabilized. Uh, the fear was still there, but if you knew what you were doing, things were now very cheap. And the following year, we got in the 40, 50% returns. Year, wow. three years. So I think it was 38% for the first year in 08, and then another, almost, uh, almost 40 odd percent in the next year. So wow. we had almost double our money within two years. Because and we had no leverage. It was literally just cash, cash returns. And I would say that was probably the the lowest type risk type investments investing you could do because things were totally on sale. We were literally half price bargains. 
Yeah. And you can see that the, the, uh, as long as the, um, the, the market finally accepts that, it'll push the price back up. Because in, and, and again, at the end, it's not, uh, we are not the only ones that are investing properly. There's also great fund managers out there which control you know, billions and basically trillion dollars worth of, ca- of capital out there. And they are the ones that correct the, the demand and supply. And if they're, they're back into it, as long as we, we, we basically go on, go on for the ride. So we are investing just like great fund managers around the planet. Wow. Mud, I just love that. And, and, and um, so the, the thought of a big crash coming yes. is welcoming to you. It's very welcoming. And, and that's, that's one big crash. And another example was Brexit three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, because we've got something like uh, what we call the VIX, the volatility index. And it was so much news where um, I would, even myself, I was surprised that you know, Britain voted, the public voted to get out of the EU. And that literally drove prices down within 48 hours, I think between 10 and 15%. So the market tanked 15, 20% in literally 48 hours. And when I watched the ABC News, I saw it. I go, oh, my God, that was a surprise. I did not expect them to vote to get out of it. I actually thought that would go the other way. <laughs> and at that time, we were already we were cashed up as well because things were overpriced. We sold out. So half our portfolio was in cash, uh, more than half, about 60%. And literally within, within 72 hours, we ran out of cash because everything plummeted, but yet the, the, vol- the VIX showed us nothing was happening. It was just so-called headline news again. So we reinvested everything within a 72-hour period. So I, for the first time in a long time, I ran out of cash. Wow. And within two weeks, we made that 15% return very quickly. And that was probably the, the fastest return I've ever made. Just yeah. in, uh, out, then headlines came in, 48 hours later, went back in, fully invested, 100%. I, had no, I literally had no more cash. And then within two or three weeks, everything we sold out again. And that was one of the fastest returns I've ever made. And that was only three years ago in Brexit. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And really the, the volatility at the moment is this whole US-China mm. trade dealing, correct? Yes. And they, that, because they still haven't got clarity on it, we're potentially no. going to experience it. Oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really there's, um, uh, I mean, an op- plenty of opportunities around, but we, yes. we also need to, to be careful too. That, yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, caution uh, is definitely warranted because, yeah. and this is why I say it could drop further. Yeah, correct, yeah. And, and I do believe you'll, the volatility will drop uh, and the market will drop even further, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping it will, in actual fact. Uh, but you know that 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 question of is there going to be a recession? And I ran a, um, a quite a long session on you know what actually causes recessions. So there's this talk of you know is the recession happening? So there's usually a couple of things that happen with recessions. First is interest rates are very high. And when interest rates are high, uh, people start pulling back because their mortgages are up. They can't afford to uh, to go out, go out and spend. But at the moment, as we're all aware, interest rates are very low. So in actual fact, consumer confidence is still very high. People are uh, really going out there, having dinners, buying things like normal. There's actually been not much change in behavior. The other thing that uh, is very important uh, for people to understand is recessions usually uh, happen when there's high unemployment. At the moment, there's actually almost full employment from the employment rate uh, point of view. Australia, as well as the United States. In actual fact, it's hard, quite hard for people uh, not uh, to, for, for employers, employers to, to get the right people because there's, not, there's no employees around that are ready to go for work. So employment's still very high. And finally, the other thing is uh, uh, the consumer, conf- I guess, confidence. 
people are still going out there and spending like like usual. They're, and that's really the, the cause of recessions. So all this talk of recessions, yes, it may happen. Maybe it's a year or two years down the track, we monitor that. But at this point in time, as I see it, there's definitely no recession. The US-China trade deal, uh, I do, from my opinion, I do believe that they, they need to strike up something. There is, it's in no one's best interest to, to have this go on too long because both economies are suffering because of the, the, um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the unclarity where businesses are now scared to reinvest because they don't, they don't know what's going on. So therefore, we treat that as headline news because it drives down prices. We go back in by it. Any big bit of good news that there's a meeting happening, the markets go back up, and then we find that opportunity to now harvest and sell back out. And again, and you know, down the track, we'll probably do the same thing. Mm. You know, um, it's so good, Terry, and and it just prompted me to think about changing topics slightly, but sure, linking this back to farming. Um, okay. Where farms, the price of farms is just going up and up and up and up. So, so you know, right. been huge capital gains, and this has been going on for a long time. So, buying into a farm is is really hard at the moment, or buying up land, and it just seems the more demand is pushing the pricing up, etc. But right, but the returns on these farms, on average, are like two percent on on assets managed. You know, so. Right. It, 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 part of me just sort of feels it just doesn't quite add up or make sense. It's a bit right. like it's a bit like the Tesla in some ways, like right. And um, you know, d- does that potentially create an opportunity for prices to readjust soon, Terry? I mean, it's it's crystal walls. We don't know that, sure. that you know because cre- every everyone wants to get into farming still, right? But I still I still look at particularly the average. Um, yeah. Definitely not. Farm owner academy clients, Terry, but right. in, in general, um, the returns just aren't great. So mm. uh, you'd almost suggest to farmers be beware, right? And, and, and have the patience for there to be an adjustment in, in the price. And then you will. I mean, uh, what, three, when you go back three to five years ago, everyone was in this prop, uh, the residential property market that yeah. this is the place to be. Uh, it property never goes down, but of course, as we all know, it always does. There's always a cycle and it gets to a stage where it becomes too expensive. Uh, the returns aren't there and then the buyers start leaving. And of course, as we saw what happened, prices for the last year and a half to two years now, the property market has not, has actually tanked and there's still going to be potentially further drops. So just like I think any asset class, stocks, farms, real estate, it's all the same thing. In the, in the end, it's just an asset class, but now... You know where 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 is the highest type of returns in uh, that you can get? And uh, I'm actually this is something that I learned from you, Andrew. How I was not aware uh, about the, the very low returns on 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 farmland. I didn't know it was that two percent range until you showed me. Yeah, and I was quite surprised that it was actually it was actually well, it was the ABARES. It's not actually me. So yeah, it's just it's yeah. statistical data collected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a very surprising. Yeah. So I, I would say if you know if there's euphoria in farmland buying right now, yeah, definitely hold back because there's going to be like all asset classes, stocks, all residential property, and farmland. There's going to be a re- readjustment, and that's you know if you're thinking about buying land, then that's probably the time down a track to, to look. Yeah, yeah, patience, mate. It's this it's this topic of this. It's it's just have patience. The yeah. opportunity will come. Correct. Patient person, right? Yes. I mean, wasn't it Buffett that said? Wealth creation is nothing but redistributing wealth from the impatient to the patient. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's a exactly. Great saying, yeah. isn't it? A great saying. Yeah. And, and and this is where I said I said last the 
the last time, Andrew, uh, for those who have missed the, the last podcast, where we were talking about how farmers are actually, in fact, psychologically built to be one of the best investors on the planet. Yeah. Because uh, more patience. Hey, yeah, there's definitely, um, farmers definitely have way more patience than the city folk. Mm-hmm. Because um, just from, you know, we've got um, over 100 plus farming families on now, in our blueprint program now. So I'm seeing the results of different farms, farmers, where their results are easily beating the city folk only because, um, you know, we've got farmers that are making 20% returns. And we're seeing that, it's like, how, how does that happen? It's because psychology is there. They yeah. are patient, they're persistent, and oh, yeah. And, and, and most farmers don't, don't shy away from, from, I guess, bad news they, because they're used to it. Whereas city folk, a little bit of bad news and they just start panicking and selling out. And um, yeah, and that's one thing that um, farmers already have. Yeah. So um, please register for Terry's free online training. Um, goes for a couple of hours, up to three hours sometimes. I know you can get, get amongst it, Terry. <laughs> yeah. You just, just come and listen to really uh, the steps or if you like the system that, that Terry has to, to become um, an, an investor with above average returns and, and build wealth. So you'll get a lot from it. I, I'm a huge fan of it, mate. And so thank you for your wisdom today. And um, I'm sure we'll get you back in the, for a future podcast. No worries. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, enjoyable as always. See you, mate. Yeah, see you, Andrew.